The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Inventor, writer, philanthropist, scientist, diplomat, it's all about the Benjamin Franklin. His legacy with biographer Walter Isaacson. He's the founding father we most need right now. He's the most inventive of the founding fathers. He understands how to connect technology to the humanities, but also to business. And, you know, like an Elon Musk, you know, he wants that edit button. And the filmmaker behind the new PBS documentary, Ken Burns. Here was one aspect of the American dream that we would, we're tethered to each other, that we're responsible for bringing our, the rest of us up. And that was Franklin's motto. Innovators old and new. We do have the latest on Elon Musk and he's got a new project. Just think it's kind of cool that we're contemporaries with this dude. Because we weren't with Thomas Edison, Ben Franklin, or things like that. He's the Thomas Edison. He's the Mozart of our moment. Plus, look up. It's a huge deal in the skies. Phil LeBeau has the details of JetBlue's attempt to buy Spirit Air. It is an all-cash offer worth $3.6 billion, and it would create the fifth largest airline in the United States. It's Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. If you've been listening to Squawk Pod the last few days, you know we can't get enough of headlines about Elon Musk. The Tesla SpaceX founder slash world's richest man has been buying shares of social network Twitter on almost a daily basis since the end of January, spending more than $2.5 billion. A new SEC filing was released late yesterday detailing his purchases. And this was after two developments. Musk pushing out a Twitter poll asking for opinions on whether the platform should have an edit button. And the company's announcement its newest board member would be Elon Musk. The 13D filing confirms that Musk has intentions to be more active in Twitter's business, have influence beyond his own 80 million followers on the platform. More than 4 million people responded to his poll, which incidentally contained a typo. And what a difference a day makes. Monday's earlier SEC filing when we first heard about Musk buying Twitter shares pointed to a passive stake, a holder who isn't trying to exert influence. So now he's on the board and as of yesterday's market close, Musk's roughly 9% stake in Twitter was worth $3.7 billion. Today, as always on Squawk Box, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Andrew. After the filing appeared online, Twitter said in the next few months it will test an edit feature that it had been working on since last year. Twitter's comms account tweeted, now that everyone's asking, yes, we've been working on an edit feature since last year. How did it take that long? No, we didn't get the idea from a poll. We're kicking off testing with Twitter Blue Labs in the coming months to learn what works, what doesn't and what's possible. First of all, this man is either going to be the CEO of this company in six months, or I would argue he will not be involved in this at all. Does that make sense to you? He might get what he wants done without doing that, and, and that's fine. He, he, they, they might add an edit button, but they're 
Maybe they'll remove the censorship button. <laughs> Maybe that's that. Uh, I've, I've already, I, I said to this to you before we start. He's solving all the world's problems. Climate change. He put internet over in Ukraine with the satellites. He's solving the, the traffic problem in L.A. with the boring company. He's going to solve big tech censorship through market forces, and he's made flamethrowers available much more financially available to a reasonable price than they've ever been before. He's done all that's just he forgot the top about getting five. the kids out of that Thai cave too. Yeah, getting the kids out of Thai. So he is all the world's problems. One guy. He's you know who he's like? Ben Franklin, are you gonna say? The world's most, I thought you were going to do the world's most interesting man. Yeah. Remember, remember, <laughs> uh, the uh, all he did the was guy. All he did was drink beer. That didn't make him that interesting, uh, I don't think. But um, I, the question I have is, do you think, as a quote-unquote passive board member, yeah. A, can he be passive in anything? That's why, I, in my mind, the he's new either... Filing, the new filing kind of clears it up right. a little. Oh, just never mind. No, but if you're all... <laughs> I, he's, I, is he the kind of guy who's just going to sit on a board of no, a dozen but I, people? I, no, and, I think... No, but he's I, either going to want to run the thing... Or he's going to be in a meeting of 12 people and realize that these other 12 people are not in alignment with him for whatever reason. He's going to be like, ugh, I'm taking my ball and going home. No? I don't, I don't think he will. I think he'll be able to get a lot of what he wants accomplished just by having a seat I at the I think I understand where you're going, though. And it's always probably wrong to use mental terms frivolously like Asperger's or something. But he, maybe he is. He copped to that on, on, uh, on Saturday Night Live. But he seems to have a fairly healthy dose of ADHD, too, in terms of focusing. I mean, he's, a, he's unbelievable. He's a genius. But how do you run Tesla, and at the same time you're, you're developing the, you know, the automated cars, at the same time you're thinking about going to Mars, at the same time you're landing rockets and not having them fall in the sea, at the same time you're digging tunnels under... I mean, he does move from one thing to the next fairly quickly and fairly effectively. But I was going to say he doesn't, he doesn't leave any of those things. He continues. I was going to say, did we ever figure out the flamethrower? What, what, what? It just it was possible to do it, so he did it. I guess so. Just I would fun. say, by the way, the one uh, most undervalued thing that I think that he does is not even the ideas. It's actually, and I know he gets a lot of uh, grief for having people who seem to like come and go, and they're fired, and there's all sorts. He's actually getting good managers. Think about it. He's yeah. involved in what do we just say? Half a dozen projects or half a dozen companies. But some some multi-billion dollar companies. Exciting. They are exciting you know, ventures. It's it's. You know, know. I, I don't know. I don't know if saying that Gwen, Gwen Shotwell is effectively running SpaceX. I don't know if he would like that to be known or not. But good on him, frankly, for finding her and for putting her in a position and elevating her to then actually run the company on a day-to-day -day basis. By the way, somewhat true with Tesla. If you really sort of look through how that company's managed on a day, that's kind of an amazing thing to actually find the right people, time after time. I. I to think it's kind of cool that we're contemporaries with this dude. Because we weren't with Thomas Edison. You look at the kind of, or Ben Franklin, or things like that. Do you know what it means to be one, one, once in a generation? How many people are in the world? I mean, it's weird to be one in eight billion yeah. or, or whatever you think he's, it is. He's the Thomas Edison? He's the Mozart of our moment? He's something you never, you, it's, you never judge and except in hindsight. You can never see the what stands the test of time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, poor Mozart. I mean, half those guys, artists, they all die penniless. 
you know, and then and then much later. It's hard to think of anybody them. having as much influence as Ben Franklin, only because there were so many developments and the world was so young at that point. The country was so young at that point to be able to have the influence that you did just from signing the Declaration of Independence to creating free libraries, to creating a, a volunteer fire department, to creating, you know, to discovering electricity and going beyond. But yes, Elon Musk. I okay, so of contemporaries, I used to compare Elon well, Musk yeah. to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Well, that, who right. has had more impact on the world? Steve Jobs is still. Steve Jobs, yeah. you think, is still the. In, in terms of my life, Although, who, who walks around without one of these? Right place at the right time. I mean, yeah. you read that Gates 30 years ago said we'd be doing everything we're doing right now, yeah. and I would have never. I remember, who needs a, a, a phone from Apple? I've got a Motorola that's so cool, it's small, it fits, I flip it. Sarcasm. Um, yeah. It's sarcasm. No, in the old oh, days. Oh, in the old days thinking who that, thought yeah. You would, uh, when, no, I was, I'm I was never clinging get... to my Blackberry for forever, and now I can't imagine. I, like, I, I know. use this for so much more from checking the way. I, I heard it raining this morning, and instead of looking out the window, I checked the weather on my you app. like the last holdout. <laughs> I think I was. was. Well, but full on. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, the living legacy of Benjamin Franklin. We live by early to bed and early to rise. How did he know that late night TV would suck? <laughs> how documentary filmmaker Ken Burns picked his newest subject and how the subject in many ways shaped us. All the terms that we use now, Joe, are his. Battery, charge, negative, positive, conductor. He's in our lives everywhere. Inventing, publishing, giving, building, negotiating, electricity, and so much more. All after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC, where Joe, Becky, and Andrew are talking about, well, here's a big idea, the origins of modern America. Last night, a two-part documentary on Benjamin Franklin premiered on PBS. It follows the founding father's multifaceted, complicated life and his role in building America. Joining us right now is Ken Burns. He's the documentary filmmaker behind this and so many other biographical films that we've all loved over the years. Also, Walter Isaacson, an advisor on this project and an advisor, advisory partner at Perella Weinberg, also a CNBC contributor. And gentlemen, welcome. Um, we spent the entire commercial break talking about this beforehand. I think we're going to spend the breaks after this talking about this because Benjamin Franklin is one of the most fascinating subjects on the planet. And as much as you know about him, it's never enough. You think of all the things he did 
did from being a diplomat, from being a founding father, signing the Declaration of Independence uh, and the, the Constitution, a scientist, an inventor, a writer. He created the first public library. He founded UPenn. Um, I could go on and on and on. But uh, Walter, why don't you jump in? Because you know so much about him, why you focused on him, what you found most amazing. And have you ever found another person like him? No, not at all. I think that the reason Ken Barnes and I wanted to do this is that he's the founding father we most need right now. He's the most inventive of the founding fathers. He understands how to connect technology to the humanities, but also to business. Uh, and, you know, like an Elon Musk, you know, he wants that edit button. He was a printer who liked uh, figuring out the errata, changing things, saying of his own life, here's the mistakes I've made in my life, and here's how I'm going to correct my mistakes. So that notion of being innovative, middle-class inventor who becomes the most successful American in so many fields. And like Leonardo da Vinci, he wants to know everything you could possibly know about everything knowable. So I think he's an inspiration for our time to give us not just confidence as a nation, but a little bit of humility too, to say, and how can we make ourselves better? He was always fighting for self-improvement. Hey, Ken, I, all those things I listed, I, I left off things like he created a volunteer fire department. Um, he created, uh, discovered electricity and found a way to find all of these things. What, what, what were the most striking things that, that you walked away with after studying him more in depth? Well, as you say, the list could go on and on and on and on. Um, I love him. I think it, Walter's exactly right. Uh, he's the greatest diplomat in American history. Know him, know us. If if uh, he hasn't delivered the French support for our revolution, then there's no victory at Yorktown. Uh, he also uh, you know, negotiates the, the Treaty of Paris, which is the most lopsided treaty in our history with Great Britain and uh, gives us our, our, our complete detachment from Britain. I think the most important thing for this morning... Um, um, Becky, is that um, this guy's on the $100 bill, right? The largest <laughs> bill in sort of general circulation. Everybody wants more Benjamins, but it's only kind of half it. He is the model of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, uh, doing well, uh, doing for self. But as Walter said, he tethered that to self-improvement, but he also tethered it to civic participation. So nothing was ever done. All of his inventions were held without patent. So there's no you know, uh, comparison to so the titans of today. He could have been exponentially more wealthy than he was when he retired in his 40s uh, to pursue his scientific and I would say civic engagement with things even more than he already had. That's the important thing. He understands that there's an exquisite tension between what I want the sort of classic American freedom and what we need. He died, after all, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania not the state of Pennsylvania. Right. And, and, and to that point, maybe for our audience, Walter, one of the most important things, the most important lessons he gave away would be something like just lessons on compound interest. The idea that he bequeathed uh, funds to both uh, the states of, uh, I'm sorry, the cities of Boston and, and, Pennsylvania, and Philadelphia. And those funds went on and on and on for hundreds of years. I, I don't know all the details on it. Maybe one of the two of you could, could expand a little. Yeah, no, he loved the notion of compound interest and of giving back. He knew that he had been an indentured uh, apprentice to his brother's print shop. So he sets up a fund in both Boston and Philadelphia in which he's going to give small loans like we do at Idea Village here in New Orleans to entrepreneurs who want to get started. But it's a revolving loan fund with interest so that they pay it back. And he he calculates after 100 years, it'll be worth this and 100 more years, it'll be worth that. And indeed, it does turn out to be, and Ken and I have discussed how, take one in Philadelphia, 
where they still are using this fund. And some of the kids in West Philadelphia used it to do things that Franklin would have loved, like build an electric car, a solar powered electric car. This is, of course, right in the line of Benjamin Franklin, who invents the concept of a battery, who knows how to tame electricity. And so this revolving fund keeps helping young tradesmen and uh, inventors and entrepreneurs, and it's still doing so to today. So that's a, it, it's a living legacy of what Ben Franklin was all about, helping young people start businesses. Yeah, Beck, Becky, I was on I was on with some folks from Boston, from the Boston Franklin Institute, and I was looking at a young Benjamin Franklin, these first generation, second generation immigrants, uh, kids from lower middle class, minority students. They all had that fresh, hungry look in their eyes. They were definitely going places. And for them to see the film and get connected to their their benefactor of 250 years ago was an amazing thing. And for me, I just wanted to cry because here was one aspect of the American dream that we would we're tethered to each other, that we're responsible for bringing our the rest of us up. And um, that was Franklin's motto uh, as well, you know, that we we had to do for self. We had to self-improve. It was important to, to work hard, but it was also important to give back to the community. Hey, Walter, you, you hear all of these things, what he did just in terms of negotiating uh, and diplomacy and his lessons in civic. And I, I can't think of anybody who really lives up to what he was doing. But I will say, when you look at somebody like Elon Musk, who you are writing a book about right now, look, you had PayPal, you have Tesla, you have SpaceX, now this new foray into Twitter and trying to figure out how to deal with the public speech and issues that go around that town square. How, how would you just rate what, what Elon is doing and some of the moves that he's made? I'm not going to compare him directly to Ben Franklin. Well, I, I know that Elon is. Musk loves Benjamin Franklin, and, yeah. uh, and he is an inventor in things that are difficult, physical objects, Elon Musk, as was Franklin. This notion, it's not just you know creating a Facebook page, which you can do in a dorm or a search engine you can do in a garage. He's inventing things like batteries as well as spaceships. And this would very much appeal to Benjamin Franklin, who uh, felt that uh, doing the hard work of connecting science to the humanities to business would be a big thing. And Franklin, of course, was a printer. I mean, this whole Twitter thing amuses me. I can't wait to talk to Musk this week about it because, uh, you know, Franklin had wrote something called an apology for printers, saying that when truth and falsity have fair play, and there's a fair ground, truth will win out. And so he very much believed, as does Musk, in the First Amendment. <laughs> when you talk to Musk this week, come back to us. Let us know what he says about some of these ideas. <laughs> well, I want to go to that cyber uh, rodeo in Austin, so that'll be fun. All right, come I mean, back after. Even poor Richard's, that's all he had to do. Right. It was poor Richard's almanac, and he would have been... Oh, legendary. Oh, yeah. Right. For, I mean, there's a, uh, Joe, there are a hundred things, you know, uh, fish and visitors uh, stink after three days. Uh, <laughs> it, three people can keep a secret if two are dead. Two are dead. <laughs> Was it early to bed? We live by early to bed and early to rise. How did he know that late night TV would suck so long? And there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing past eight o'clock to be up for. So you Wait might as second. well go to Our bed film and become, was on. Well, Walters uh, and my film was on last night at eight o'clock. No, Joe. but we can still watch that during Eight's the day. It's okay. You can I'm stream it on all PBS platforms anytime Look, you want, Joe. Ben Franklin would have been mad about that basketball game last night at 920. Too okay, late. That's my that's yeah. my only point. Yes. But uh, those hey, are words he did help invent daylight savings, don't forget. 
He did? Right. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. A, there's a move in Congress to get rid of that. I guess it didn't work so well last time they did that in the 70s. Uh, well, so. it, worked. it was nice for 200 years and Ben Franklin's mind. Yeah. I mean, if he had done, I still would not have figured out elect. I, I wouldn't even have known there was elect. I don't even know how he came up with that. So you look at lightning and think about that. It's, it's and a key. Is that really how it works? I don't know. But all the but, but all the terms that we use now, Joe, are batteries, his. That he yeah. borrows from a battery, charge, yeah. negative, positive, conductor. These are the things that you know. Two hundred and fifty years ago, they make at least our entry into questions about the subject understandable. And that's Benjamin Franklin. This is right. this for him. It's it doesn't really have any real purpose unless there's you some s- useful application. Ken, have you have you used the Ben Franklin clothes? I, I still do that when I'm trying to make. A tough decision. You write one side, you write the other side, of and you course. count them up. Right. I've got a gal heading off to college. We hope, you know, and 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 looking at d- different things, and we're doing exactly that kind of means testing about what works and what doesn't work. I mean, he's in our lives everywhere, and that in pen. a good way too. And then there's Penn. You Penn. He founded the place that became statue. Yeah, he did. Amazing. Um, Ken, thank you for making this. Walter, thank you for your contributions to it. And and come back, Walter, after you talk to Elon Musk this week. We want to see you next week back Scoop. here with some with some news on it. We this. need the report. Shoe leather reporting. Thank you, Becky. Thank you all. Thank you, gentlemen. Coming up on Squawk Pod, JetBlue trying to land a $3.5 billion takeover of Spirit Airlines and muscle another low-cost carrier out of the way in a planned merger. It would form the country's fifth largest airline. I don't understand how in this environment, and frankly in any environment, antitrust regulators could or should approve a transaction of this sort. Sky-high deal-making right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. JetBlue making a play for Spirit Airlines, trying to leave Frontier on the tarmac. Phil Lebeau joins us now with more. Hey, Phil. Hey, Joe, you call it a spoiler bid. That is exactly what this is. JetBlue jumping in with an offer to buy Spirit yesterday. Here are the particulars of this proposed deal that was uh, put forth by JetBlue yesterday. Comes out to $33 a share. That is much richer than the $27 a share, which is essentially what the Frontier and Spirit deal was that was announced last month. It is an all-cash offer 
worth $3.6 billion, and it would create the fifth largest airline in the United States. In announcing the bid, JetBlue says it firmly believes its proposal constitutes a superior proposal under Spirit's merger agreement with Frontier and represents the most attractive opportunity for Spirit's shareholders. Take a look at what happened with shares of JetBlue after the offer came out. And again, it's 37% higher than the Frontier merger that was agreed to on February 7th. Which then brings out the response from Frontier, which about an hour and a half after the JetBlue uh, merger proposal was announced with Spirit, Frontier said, unlike the, com- the compelling Spirit-Frontier combination, an acquisition by Spirit of Spirit by JetBlue, a high fare carrier would lead to more expensive travel for consumers, in particular, the significant East Coast overlap between JetBlue and Spirit would reduce competition and limit options for consumers. Caught in the middle of this is Spirit, which the shareholders have to love where this is going. It looks like it's going to be going towards a higher offer. They're either going to move towards the JetBlue one or they're going to come back to Frontier at some point. They both, both by the way, both boards of Spirit and Frontier have already approved their merger. They say, however, they will evaluate, Spirit will evaluate the JetBlue bid. They're going to do their fiduciary duty. So now we have an old-fashioned bidding war. Jamie, uh, Jamie Baker with J.P. Morgan may have said it best where he said there's a lot of interesting elements to this, but at this point, he does not see the merits of a deal between JetBlue and Spirit. That said, he made it very clear in his note uh, to investors, he wants to hear from Robin Hayes. He'll lay out the case for why JetBlue is a better dance partner with Spirit than Frontier is with Spirit. When you scratch behind the service and you, you look at what the regulators are trying to do, which is to make sure as a result of these combinations, fares... Uh, go down rather than up. We actually believe a JetBlue spirit combination will have a more profound and a more permanent effect uh, nationwide on low affairs and a, a merger of uh, the ultra low cost carriers. I don't understand. If I'm spirit, I actually discount this offer. I discount the offer because I don't understand how in this environment and frankly in any environment, antitrust regulators could or should approve a transaction of this sort. Issue number one that, that came up in all of the analyst notes, and when I talked with people in the industry, everybody said the same thing, which is not entirely sure that regulators will approve this. That said, when you look at their national overlap between Spirit JetBlue versus Spirit Frontier, there's greater overlap with Spirit Frontier. In fact, I was just looking at some of the numbers that have been put out uh, today by a number of analysts. Spirit Frontier Nationwide overlap of their routes, available seat miles, 46.4%. Spirit JetBlue, the overlap is 29.2%. The board's in a conundrum here because how do you explain to your shareholders with your fiduciary responsibility that this 20% premium is not a deal that we think is a good one to take? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's enough of a premium. Correct. It's all cash. Because There's if, because if we here. accept the deal... And the deal doesn't happen a year later. Time value of money and a failed deal is worse than money in the bag in front of you. Good luck explaining that to shareholders who probably want to see the higher price tag. You're going to you're you're caught in a difficult position. And I I can understand. And I see. I mean, you're caught in a very difficult position as a board member. Sure, you can say the long term is this. But do you know how you will have shareholders who are furious at you for not taking that higher premium unless you can get somebody to come back to the table as Frontier and offer a higher bid? How, How much do spirit? shareholders own of the combined company with the JetBlue. 
deal, Phil, because what they, it, with, with the frontier, it's like 48%. Does that matter? They own almost half. Do you know? Well, that's a good question. It's an all-cash offer. I'm not sure what the numbers are in terms oh, right. of how much they right. would yeah. own. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That's a you bring up. The bigger issue so, is what's the breakup fee? Would you want to own 48% of the... $94 million, dollars, Andrew. Right. Look, which if is you not enough. from the tax perspective, which is not if enough. you get forced out, you're going to be you're yeah, going to be dealing with the tax ta- implications. What's better for tax cash or, or? But it also depends on who you are as a shareholder. If you're somebody who's a retail investor who owns a little bit, you may want to just. If say, you're Randall money. Stevenson and you're AT and T trying to buy Sprint and it doesn't happen, um, and then you have to pay out billions of dollars in in fees and the deal doesn't happen, you're everybody loses. It's a complete it is. Hey yes, guys. The, the, the fight this is, over explaining to people what might happen is no. a very tricky thing. I mean, you could do it for a 10 percent premium, maybe. But for a 20 percent premium, you're going to have shareholders who are saying, what are you doing? You're leaving money on the table. You can have Wi-Fi and, and business class with JetBlue, at least. They, they said they'll retrofit the planes. I know you don't. Their like Wi-Fi is actually good. I will give you that. I will give you that. They don't use Go Go. I totally hear your point. I completely hear your point. But I look, they're going to be shareholder lawsuits anyway. But I don't. No matter what happens, they are. But I think that I think a board would actually be able to make the argument one way or the other based on what what the actual antitrust issues are. They're they're trying to do that with their statements, which is. Yep. One last thing that you guys should keep in mind: if you are Frontier, and they brought this up yesterday, front and center. If you are Frontier, you are going back to Spirit right now saying, you think we might have some regulatory, uh, regulatory approval issues? Because there's a, that's already come up in terms of Frontier and Spirit because of the Biden administration. They are immediately pointing out to the Spirit shareholders, good luck with JetBlue, because they're already uh, dealing with regulatory issues, potentially with the Northeast Alliance with American Airlines. So now you want to bring on even more regulatory uncertainty. That's going to be the argument that you hear from Frontiers to Spirit. The truth is, even though there is possibly, and you can argue, more overlap with the Frontiers Spirit deal on on certain routes, the flip side is the market share that JetBlue already has. And so when you actually take the market share that JetBlue has, and you put spirit right, together with that, bigger, right. it changes the dynamic in a material way. And, and the truth is, these three airlines are the last airlines that are keeping any of the majors in check at all. And clearly, they're out of check already. And as, as taxpayers in America, I'm not sure why people are not more focused on what these deals mean, given, given the complaints you hear every day about what's going on in the skies. But that's why you see a 20% premium and, being and- offered, because it is the last. That's true, too. And one last look thought, guys. You know how this industry goes. When there's one merger, somebody looks around and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We we, we don't want to be left out here. If you're Alaska, what do you do while you're watching all of this? Doesn't mean that Alaska is in the market for a merger, but you just kind of look around when you see others getting bigger. Phil, you started it. it, You get your kicks on Route 66, and you started it (laughs) it, with the routes. And now we're all saying routes. A route is what happens when you get beaten very badly. Are we going with routes or routes? What it, isn't it? Get your kicks on Route 66. Route is it route? But for or, airlines, I do say routes. You are, technically, Why? You are probably because of Phil. But because of Phil. <laughs> what are we going to decide? We need. We got to get this straight at some point. And that's the pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. 
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.